Happy Monday. Thanks to all of you for being with us. Our toll-free number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Well, I spent a better part of more time than I would have liked, but gladly spent because there are people that I care about um, dealing with issues involving COVID-19. And um, just just people that I know contracting the, the virus appears like the Delta variant. You don't always get an answer. We had a caller last week that brought up this point that if you're unvaccinated and you ask what the variant is, they said, well, we don't even bother testing for it because you're unvaccinated, which doesn't exactly seem right or fair to me. But, you know, we'll get to all of that. Um, and, and and we're going to focus on something very different today when we have Dr. George Fareed, Harvard Medical School, he and, and Dr. Brian Tyson have worked hand in hand. They've been on the front line. Unlike Dr. Fauci, who spent most of the time in front of a TV camera uh, all throughout COVID and hiding, you know, these these alarming emails that he knew that the genome of the coronavirus likely looked manipulated on January 31st of 2020 and then was worried about NIH monies going to the Wuhan virology lab and and you know uh oh and he's you could see he was getting very nervous at the time at least my interpretation of those emails are pretty clear um you know he was the guy in march of 2020 no masks oh masks don't work one mask two mask uh if you get vaccinated no mask now if you're vaccinated you get a mask i mean people have had it with these shifting guidelines and conflicting messages you know, and then people look at wide open borders. You know, you want to talk about a massive super spreader event. Joe Biden's cages with kids and open border processing with no testing is is just unforgivable to me. And now masks are back. Thoughts and, and discussions about possible lockdowns coming back and states going insane and putting masks on kids in school. Florida now it's been a full year. Last August, their kids went back to school one year ago. And they didn't have masks for the entire year. They did fine. Now, yeah, are there going to be hot spots? Yeah, there are always little these little pockets, hot spots that, that show up, et cetera. You're told if you get the vaccine, you won't need a mask. Now you got vaccinated. Now you need the mask again. It's it's beyond frustrating. And then having wide open borders and no testing and then building cages and overcrowding them with kids basically on top of each other in the middle of a pandemic and then basically saying here free transportation to any of these you know 48 states continental united states um people have a right to be and anyway so we got a lot to get to today mandatory vaccination shifting guidelines masks are back frustration but my weekend was so one of my best friends fully vaccinated contracted covid and now Again, I, I, I want to be very fair in my coverage here because the Biden uh, communications team is angry. They've reached out to news outlets over their irresponsible Delta coverage, meaning the Delta variant, and it's being done for ratings. Whoa, that's a pretty heavy accusation. You're only telling people about breakthrough. We call them breakthrough cases. It has a name if you're fully vaccinated and you know, for example, NBC breakthrough COVID cases are on the rise among the vaccinated. That was a headline from N NBC News. It's not wrong. They are on the rise. And whether you like the news or don't like the news, you know, they even reported that at least 125,000 fully vaccinated Americans tested positive for COVID-19. 
Now, I'll give you the number, the estimated number, or I guess known number of, of fully vaccinated people is, I think it's about, I think we're at 161 million overall. I'm not sure if that's that's one shot at least or two shots. But so a lot of people have had it. So you're talking about now a small percentage. Then you have this this minor, granted, it's an anomaly in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Nearly 500 people get COVID. Fully 74% of the people that got COVID were fully vaccinated. Well, my friend, one of my friends, and, you know, thank goodness we'll have our medical experts, Dr. Fareed and Brian Tyson. You know, they believe in proactive medicine, not reactive medicine. Reactive medicine mostly has been if you're in New York, you come down with COVID, you test positive, you're told go home, if you take your temperature, check your oxygen, and if you get a if your temperature starts going up, use two extra strength Tylenol to reduce your temperature. And if your oxygen drops below ninety, yeah, you might want to go head to the emergency room. The problem is that by the time usually, and I've read so much about it, and again, I'm giving you a layman's handbook here. I'm not a doctor. I'm not playing one on radio. I refuse to. But usually they as early as day six, or but usually between day seven and ten is when this can really do the damage to your lungs that could that that could create the overreaction of your immune system, which then could result in potential need of a ventilator a year ago, uh, a year and a half ago. The, the odds of surviving it was like 12, 15 percent. They've gotten a lot better with the ventilator, but your odds are still not great. Um, so anyway, they're mad at the news media. I'm trying to get put it in a proper context, but my friend that got tested positive, first two things, there's two things I learned. I didn't know that there was a home test. Now it's not FDA approved, but it was in this case with my friend, it turned out to be accurate. And he first took it as by Abbott. There's a number of versions out there. Um, it, it has, uh, ex- you know, emergency authorization usage only. But in his case, it's only it's only got a rate of false positives of about 2%. If you test positive with the home test, then you would probably rightly, like he did, go to a doctor, he confirmed the positive diagnosis, and he had been fully vaccinated, and he's beyond frustrated. Anyway, our friend Dr. Fareed, within 24 hours, he had Regeneron infused, which in New York is very hard to get done. I didn't know until this weekend. I'm like, this is like at Emory University Hospital in Atlanta. You know, it's standard operating procedure. If you're 55 or older, you're getting Regeneron. Unless something, some some odd, you know, condition you might have would prevent you from having it. That's the monoclonal cocktail that they put together. One of the great therapeutics. Uh, in spite of, remember, the, the, the hyperventilating media, if you mentioned hydroxychloroquine. Remember the two articles in prestigious medical journals that had to be rescinded because they falsely reported on HCQ? But now we have studies showing that, yeah, it's 84% effective at mitigating some of the symptoms. Okay, with according to Dr. Daniel Wallace, no risk to people. He's the foremost expert on hydroxychloroquine in the country out in Cedar sinai in California. Um, and that, ivermectin, other things. Anyway... So he, you know, he's doing fine. I'm checking in with him regularly. I have another friend of mine, um, unvaccinated, 74 years old, not in perfect health, but for his age, pretty decent health. Health. 
And again, within 24 hours, he went to Emory University. His wife went to Emory University. He got on Dr. Uh, Tyson and Fareed's protocol. Dr. Fareed got on the phone with him. And uh, I just talked to him earlier today. This is now he's on day 10. He's almost out of the woods. He's, he did absolutely fine. I think I think my take is my belief is and and these doctors are telling me this. So I'm listening to them that Regeneron's probably the most underutilized therapeutic out there. We don't talk about the therapeutics enough. You don't talk about, okay, if you get this, what are you going to do? So we're going to have both those doctors on later in the program to talk about it. Now, the White House caught themselves in a mess uh, towards the end of last week as they had to walk back previous statements on new possible COVID lockdowns. White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary uh, reverse course to say the administration is not considering lockdowns, but that was a walk back of a statement regarding the possibility of enforcing these lockdowns because of the Delta variant. But, you know, when when even though the percentages are minuscule, really, at this point, to be very fair in terms of vaccinated people and also to be fair, Moderna, Pfizer, uh, Pfizer when they had their uh, their th- third uh, stage trials, their efficacy was, I think it was 94, 95% respectively. And Johnson and Johnson was lower. It's about, if I recall, around 70%. Uh, that's more of the traditional vaccine. Uh, but now the, the White House is in a panic as they said it. Biden, you don't have to wear a mask if you come home to Delaware with me, because now they're telling people if you remember, if you got vaccinated, you weren't going to have to wear a mask again. Okay. That didn't last very long. But Biden is saying this, if you come home with me to Delaware, you don't have to wear a mask. I mean, this guy is so out to long. I don't even think he knows what day it is. You know, do you think people might have to wear masks again? He was asked by a reporter. Well, in a lot of places, people don't have to wear masks. People where, you know, people where people have gotten vaccinated with high vaccination rates, people do not have to wear masks at all, said the president. Now, if they really cared about these variants, wouldn't the first thing that you would do be to, you know, when you have hundreds of thousands of people every month with a high rate of positive uh, uh, COVID positivity coming into the country illegally and you're not testing them and then you're dispersing them to 48 states? Do you think maybe if you want to watch the variants and stop the spread that maybe the first thing you do is you test the people at the border? Or because all they're doing is pretty much processing them and then giving them a ride to one of the 48 states in the continental U.S. You know, the Washington Examiner, their headline was sheriffs up to 50 percent of migrants captured have covid and they're getting pissed and they want the border secure. They want to be able to do their job. And Biden now is insisting that they not follow the law of the land. And Biden's saying in all probability there'll be more COVID restrictions as cases rise. And then you can expect, you know, this the same, you know, draconian shutdown Democrats go right back, back into that mode. But never mind, we got a picture of Nancy Pelosi ripping off her mask for a photo in the Capitol. So much for hypocrisy. You know, Ted Cruz says Nancy Pelosi has no authority to fine or put people in jail for not wearing a mask. You know, what about are we going to follow the science? Because the Cleveland Clinic, a prestigious medical institution, said if you had covid, you don't need any of the vaccines, which is something that Rand Paul had been saying. And he refused to get the vaccine. Gavin Newsom, 
<laughs> great hypocrite that he is. I mean, he might take the cake for the for hypocrisy award of, of all hypocrisy. You know, as Larry Elder pointed out, he's ignoring science and he's being hypocritical. Remember, his kids were in private schools and and having in-person learning while the rest of the state was shut down. Nobody could go into restaurants, but he was in restaurants, not socially distant and no masks on. I mean, we got that hypocrisy all over the place. What was it? I think uh, was it the mayor, I think, of D.C. Look, we got a lot of reports to get to on this. We got a super spreader event on the border. Oh, Obama's going to host a super spreader birthday party for himself in, in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, optimism about America recovering from COVID is now in a free fall. Biden's teachers union backers say no to a vaccine mandate that they, they donate enough money that they get to write the policy. That's who it is. It was D.C. Mayor Browser, uh, Bowser who broke her own brand new COVID mask mandate as I guess she was at a wedding over the weekend or, or some event. And vaccine mandates are going to backfire. The Washington Post wrote that piece. I couldn't believe it because I believe it. What's happening in France is police are clashing with antivirus uh, passport protesters. Berlin protesters, they're out there decrying the draconian measures in Germany. And most recovered COVID-19 patients, you know, it was one medical study that shows, yeah, they Rand Paul was right and looks like. Cleveland Clinic was right also. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. But we're going to talk about later with the doc, our medical team about therapeutics more than say, and we've talked a lot about the vaccines, but what happens if you still, what if you get a breakthrough case? What if you never got vaccinated? What, what are the best therapeutics on the market? Just information for you, for you to make up your own mind. Get out of the media spin room. You've come to the right place. This is the Sean Hannity Show on 710 WOR. Well, apparently this just breaking too, that Senator Lindsey Graham, it's on Fox News, uh, has tested positive for COVID-19 despite being vaccinated. Linda, you listening to this? You you know my friend who I'm talking about. He I do. He was fully vaccinated. Yep. Now, the now, Dr. Farid helped the friends in Georgia. Now, it was the father that got it first at 74. Then his wife got it. Then his son in his 30s got it. Then his daughter now has it. And Dr. Farid has is, is given them all the protocol uh, both he and his wife had Regeneron in their system within 24 hours of diagnosis. And I'll tell you, I give a lot of credit to Emory University Hospital because they get it. The one hospital in New York, uh, if I give out the name, everyone's going to race there if they if they have a breakthrough case or they get it. But I they deserve credit is uh, St. Francis in Long Island. And it, I can tell you the shocking thing was my friends in Georgia – now, they were unvaccinated. My friend in New York was vaccinated. Lindsey Graham was fully vaccinated. Um, now, it's it, I, I know the Biden administration is lecturing the media for talking about it. Right now, it's a very tiny percentage. But it's still concerning if you're fully vaccinated. 
that you're still getting it. And, you know, is this now going to be the norm? Listen, remember, with every variant, these viruses are fighting in their own way to stay lethal and alive. I mean, talk to any virologist. They'll tell you, why do you think people devote their entire lives to studying viruses? That's why gain of function was so pivotal. And that's why Dr. Fauci's email showed such panic. Because NIH taxpayer money went to the Wuhan virology lab, which I no one can ever explain how how that could ever happen satisfactorily to me. Mr. New York, Mark Simone, tomorrow from 10 till noon on 710 WOR. Exposing government waste and abuse of your liberties every day. Sean Hannity is on right now. 25 till the top of the hour. Um, You want to know about what I I just you want to talk about just pure denial and outright lying and then not going to get called out on it. And that's the Biden administration. You've got this this incompetent DHS secretary uh, Chief uh, Mayorkas, he's now insisting that the disaster down at the border, where we had the lowest rates of illegal immigrants flowing into the country in, in, in decades, and he's blaming Trump for Joe ending the stay in Mexico policy, ending the cat, Joe bringing back, it's not even catch and release anymore, it's, it's process and release. You don't get caught. It's just, oh, okay, come on in. We'll get some information and good luck. Um, and this is that now they're blaming Trump, the, the people that stopped building the border wall, the people that built the, the new cages for kids that were overcrowded in the middle of a pandemic and tested nearly nobody and, and then sent them out and transported them all around the country. So every other state has to pick up you know, the cost of food and shelter and health care and education. And now Mayorkas is saying today over there at MSDNC that the surge in migrants is Donald Trump's fault because Donald Trump dismantled our capabilities to address it. You mean your capabilities to process it? That, that's what he's mad about. Why you, you want to talk? Ronnie Jackson said it over the weekend as well. Twenty five percent. Now, there's different numbers from different people. Border Patrol said this weekend it's as high. In some cases, as 50 percent. We've had our investigative reporters down at the border dealing with people that clearly have covid. They're sick as hell. And then, you know, help basically saving lives by bringing in American emergency first responders to help save their life. It's pretty unbelievable. But. Ronnie Jackson is now, you want to talk about the super spreader of all super spreader events, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants not testing them and then distributing them to 48 states in the continental U.S. Infection rates is now being tested by HHS, finally. The ones as high as 25%. That is a public health danger. When when he was asked by uh, on Fox this weekend, He said, this is very obvious at this point. This is a public health danger. But don't worry. They're going to lecture you. Want to know about the next super spreader event? Yeah, Obama has his uh, 60th birthday party. I hate birthdays. I don't know why everybody else likes birthdays. I hate birthdays. 
When it comes to prominent Democrats, it's COVID restrictions for thee, but not for me, just like the mayor of D.C., just just like Whitmer in Michigan, just like Cuomo, just like, you know, everybody. Lockdowns and, and mandates are for we the little people. We the little people. It's not we the people. We the little people. But not for them. 700-person super spreader Martha's Vineyard birthday party. I wonder if flip-flop Fauci will deliver the toast uh, celebrating the birthday of Barack Obama. Anyway, 200 staff on his on hand. Where is this? Is Martha's Vineyard. How great. We are getting a lot of new information about the cover-up of all cover-ups, which is, uh, that is the Wuhan lab report. We have Representative Michael McCall of Texas, has been on this show many times, has said that it's the greatest cover-up in human history. Then he went on to give out how the Chinese government, they knew about this in September. I think they were involved in, in a cover-up. Uh, it's the greatest cover-up in human history. Um, I think the Chinese Communist Party are very concerned about this report uh, coming out telling the truth. And uh, it's, already, it's already been... Um, uh, interpreted into mandarin you know as well uh, there are just so many uh, the points uh, key points of come into the process um, you know since that time and then of course uh, by december it's in full blown and then in january uh, you know the fact of the matter is they were playing with fire they were genetically manipulating um, at the lab this gain of function that was taking place this dr she the bat lady working with peter dozik uh, to get lab samples from the K's a thousand miles away, bat samples, and then genetically modify them into a super SARS-like virus, highly deadly, highly contagious, um, and unfortunately highly effective. Right. Uh, we believe it's exactly what COVID-19 was. So the Wuhan lab report raises, well, first of all, it was a normal conclusion. Why? We knew the Wuhan virology lab studied coronaviruses we knew that they were involved in gain-of-function research now we know from dr fauci's emails he was told that what we can tell with the the sequence of the virus one particular genome seems to have been lab manipulated it was in there then the panic exchanges with other people about well we, we that wasn't our money was it from the nih which they did funnel American tax dollars through the NIH, through a third party that they knew was going to the Wuhan Virology Lab on a, a, a whole separate report. I mean, and nobody's holding China accountable. Now, I got to tell you, now with these breakthrough cases, so what, one of my best friends has a breakthrough case this weekend. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, he goes, yeah, I just did the home test. I said, All right, well, get your ass over to the 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 testing center and find out calls me an hour later yeah it was right i'm positive and as pcr comes back the next day positive so you know now you know thank goodness we have friends of the program medical doctors that believe in proactive medicine not reactive medicine has had regeneron and he's taken ivermectin and and hcq although i remember we weren't allowed to talk about these things Op, now we have the Hill reporting that more Americans in a Gallup survey just released today say coronavirus is, in the U.S. is getting worse rather than better. 45 to 40 percent comparison. 89 percent in June said they felt the situation was getting better. And Biden now is trying to control the media message on these breakout cases. 
I'm giving you the real numbers. I'm telling you that the percentage is small with breakthrough numbers. But in the course of what, one, two, three days, I have two people that I know personally with breakthrough cases that were fully vaccinated and still ended up testing positive. Lindsey Graham is the other one. I just sent him a text because I didn't see it until just as I was on the air today. Um, but Biden's teachers union say no to a vaccine mandate. Okay, because they want to go back to in-person learning. Watch what happens. Then you got the hypocritical Democrats like Muriel Bowser, Bowser, the D.C. mayor, and and Gavin Newsom, and Nancy Pelosi taking pictures with her mask off. I mean, it's such blatant hypocrisy. And I'll tell you, the, the further that they go, in my opinion, into these mandated vaccinations, into these ever conflicting messages, you know, what we see happening in France, don't think that's not going to happen here. You have thousands of people protesting. In France, they got their their virus passport or their special virus pass. And the people of uh, marching through Paris and other French cities on Saturday, they've just had it. Some clashes with riot police. And, you know, every force they have has been deployed out there in Berlin, not very similar thousands turning out in Berlin to protest their government's anti-coronavirus measures, despite a, a ban on gatherings leading to clashes with police. Over 600 people were were arrested in, in what's going on in Germany. And I think like every other state, people are fed up with the conflicting information that they're getting. I mean, it really is outrageous. But the Biden team is reaching out to news outlets. They're irresponsible. What, are they not supposed to report? Granted, it's an anomaly. Granted, it's a tiny percentage of vaccinated people with breakthrough cases. Granted, we we knew the efficacy rates ahead of time as well. It wasn't 100%. All granted. But 74% of new cases in Provincetown, Massachusetts? Yeah, that's alarming. We better pay attention. Lindsey Graham, fully vaccinated, now contracts COVID? Yeah, we better pay attention. One of the things you also need to pay attention to that has been underreported are the incredible uh, developments of therapeutics. You know, I if it wasn't for Dr. Fareed, there are four people I've been dealing with over the of the course of the last week and a lot over this weekend. Um, one friend of mine, I've known him for years. I haven't seen him in years, but I mean, great guy. And he he chose not to get the vaccine. Anyway, he gets the virus. I get the call and I got him on the phone with Dr. Fareed within 24 hours of diagnosis. He had had the Regeneron infusion. He was on ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And that was a week ago. And now his wife got it after that. Then his son got it. Now his daughter has it. Dr. Fareed put him on his protocol, which has been extraordinarily effective. And that is the therapeutic way. But the Biden team is now demanding news outlets stop the irresponsible Delta coverage being done for ratings. Nobody's doing this for ratings. We're trying to inform the public. I've tried to be responsible all throughout this. You know, I was one of the first outspoken conservatives. and I took a lot of Adam Schiff for it when saying, you know what? The mask really doesn't bother me. If we can get life back to normal, it's not going to be in perpetuity. I guess maybe I might have been wrong on that part because it seems like they're in love with these masks. You know, if you get vaccinated, you don't need a mask. Now you need a mask, one mask, two masks, no masks, masks, you know, annually. I mean, it's it's just horrible. Um, but if you look for this Wuhan lab report is chilling. 
Yeah, it, it might be the greatest cover-up in human history, Congressman McCall is saying. Um, Florida's had a little bit of a hot spot, 10,207 COVID hospitalizations. Um, now, the one thing that I'll say, too, is it, it looks like early data, anecdotal, we don't know for sure, that if you've been vaccinated and you do have a breakthrough case, your odds of dying are limited. One thing that is holding steady is, you know, now they're going to put masks on kids for school is that young people still are not not as vulnerable, not vulnerable to the the dramatic health risks that older people are. It's still well, some things remain constant. Comorbidities, pre-existing conditions, compromised immune systems, um obesity is is been a big factor we have found out in the end for people but the kids are not dealing with the same issue it's a very different virus for them and as much as they just don't have the reaction that older people do anyway desantis issued an executive order saying on school mandates i want to see my kids smiling greg abbott signed uh, an order banning covid vaccines if you want to go to Broadway and watch a play, the audience is you have to have a COVID passport. You have to be fully vaccinated to get in. Uh, the National Institutes for Health head is now saying businesses should require vaccine credentials from customers. I'm telling you right now, now we're firing nurses. Remember the nurse we had on from Houston, Texas? They risked her life all throughout the pandemic, even got COVID and recovered. We're not following the science because they just fired her because she refused to get a vaccine. The Cleveland Clinic, a highly respected medical institution, said that, well, if you had COVID, you probably you don't need any of the three vaccines. I thought we were following the science. Now, Disney, their Walmart, even, you know, is going to insist mandate vaccines for employees. And they're now altering their mass policies again. The new mass guidelines have triggered a backlash. The public, in my view, has every right to be angry at the ever-changing, ever-conflicting messages sent out by the so-called experts. The person I've—I don't even—I don't want to hear one more word from Dr. Fauci because there's never been anybody more wrong than this guy. And I tried to give him the benefit. Linda, how long did I try to give him the benefit of the doubt? This is new. We don't know. You know, we're, we're learning as we go. I didn't fault him at certain points. Now I'm faulting him. No, I mean, listen, he was on he was on the show many, many times. He really was. And we had a lot of open and honest dialogue with him. And then the story just started to change. And then he, you know, and he was asking to come on and then he didn't want to come on. And it was just odd. Yeah. Now they're considering in New York. Watch, this is all going to go nationwide. Vaccine mandates for restaurants. Uh, It's, you know, Fauci respectfully disagrees that masks are a choice. So now we're mandating vaccines. Now we're going to mandate mask wearing. You see where this is all going. But but he's telling us we likely won't go into a, a lockdown over COVID. If I can give you one anecdotal piece of information that might mean something. And I'm just, it's again, anecdotal. And I'm not a doctor. And I don't play one on radio or TV in spite of everybody in the mob and the media trying to pressure me to do so. Um, Great Britain was freaked out. What was it about? For about... Four, five, six weeks, right, Linda, on the Delta variant. They had you know, 100%. a dramatic increase in cases with the Delta variant. And then all of a sudden, it just started evaporating in the last, what, 10, 14 days, right? And Correct. it's gone down considerably. Right now, it seems now if the pattern holds, I'm not a scientist. That would mean that we're going to go through this Delta variant stage 
And then if the pattern holds, that means we'll see a dramatic reduction probably in around six weeks, somewhere around there. Maybe smart to be careful, protect people you love, older people in particular that are vulnerable, and those with pre-existing conditions, all the things that I just mentioned. Uh, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. It's really sad that we have politicized therapeutics. It's really sad that you can't even have a different opinion without being excoriated by the the blue check media mob, big tech blue check media mob cult out there. Unbelievable. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Let me just say, I'm a big fan. I've been taking your capsules for over five years. I've turned dozens of people on to you guys. I really am impressed with how you get fruits and vegetables condensed into capsules and keep all the nutrients. You know, just like some of your ads, when I go to see my doctor every year, he cannot believe my numbers on my blood work. He he says, I've got the best blood work numbers he's ever seen ever for a guy my age. I really think you guys do a great job, and I'm impressed with your product. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code Hannity. Jesse Kelly, tonight from 6 till 9 on 710 W. Right, we'll come back on medical team, A team. What do you do about therapeutics now that there are some breakout cases, breakthrough cases next. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Look, it, it, I, as I've been through now on the lot in the last hour, um, it, if you're not frustrated with your government and their their ever changing um, mandates and and guidelines and phony predictions and fake science and guessing and guessing wrong and I mean if you're not frustrated I it's just so incredibly frustrating. Never mind the fact that we're letting all these people that are illegal immigrants with a very high rate of COVID positivity cross the border, and we're not even testing them. We're just processing them and then transporting to transporting them to one of the 48 uh, states in the continental United States. I mean, you can't make this up. I mean, it's that bad. You know, Fauci, I, I don't really want to hear from Dr. Fauci. I wonder how many people Dr. Fauci in the end has actually treated on the front lines, because there have been doctors on the front lines from day one that are... Finding that therapeutics have been, they're using them with phenomenal success. I'm not your doctor. I'm not going to play one on radio. I'm not going to play one on TV. But I keep telling everybody the same mantra. I've been saying it forever. Take it seriously. This can kill you. Number one, do your own research. I know this audience is highly intelligent and well-educated. Three, look at your medical history, your current medical condition. Talk to your doctor, talk to your doctors, and then you've got to decide. Learn about the mRNA uh, vaccination, the Johnson & Johnson vaccination. There's two very different vaccinations. Uh, Moderna and Pfizer, similar 
Johnson and Johnson different. And then you're going to have to make a decision. Now, I'm very grateful because we have we've built up an army of medical doctors on the front lines that have developed their own protocols. Again, this I'm not telling you what to do. This is informational for you so you can make an informed decision. But uh, Dr. George Fareed, I, I, I think in the last week, there's about six now. I think it's now seven people that he was able to help and assist. Three of them, three of the six, you know, over 55, got Regeneron within 24 hours after they were diagnosed. One, one was diagnosed on Saturday. He was getting Regeneron by Sunday in New York, which is nearly impossible. The other people were down in Georgia and Emory University. It's standard protocol. It was harder to find a hospital in New York that actually uses it as as a therapeutic. I think Regeneron is the most underutilized weapon against people that test positive for COVID. My humble layman's opinion. We'll let the doctors weigh in. We welcome back Dr. George Fareed. By the way, he's a medical doctor from Harvard, Harvard Medical School. Um, he's been on the front lines every single day. Dr. Brian Tyson, board certified in family medicine, 14 years experience in the ER. Um, and by the way, his hospital medical experience has been with all Valley Urgent Care in El Centro, California. Both of them are are tirelessly helping people all over the country with what they have put together, which is their protocol for people that contract COVID-19. In other words, whether you had the vaccine or not, because now it appears more people, not a high percentage yet, but it seems that it, the doors open now, you know, 150,000 people about uh, of all the vaccinated people in America are now testing positive, even with the vaccine, which we were told wouldn't happen. Anyway, uh, Dr. Tyson, thank you for being with us. Dr. Fareed, I, you know, if you start charging me for all this work I'm, I'm making you do, you really, I, mean, I probably can't afford you anymore. Not at all. It's our pleasure. And thank you, Sean. Great to be with you as well, always. It's an, you know, honestly, the amount of time you put in in each case, I've, I've called you and I said, will you please help my friend? Will you keep, please help this friend? Will you please help this person? I know that person I know. I can't thank you enough. I mean, and well, in every ever case, have to thank me or Brian. We don't. We they're getting better. Is our thanks, and it's just well, a privilege to help because we know it works. It works well. And you, you know, your comment about Regeneron, uh, it, it, the monoclonals provide a good adjunct to the oral protocol that we recommend and have used for the full pandemic, because the antibodies neutralize the virus and the oral medicine stop its multiplication. And so you have that one-two punch, and then it's, it's a 100% result. So great for you to bring that up and, and educate people on this. It, there is so much that uh, we find where people don't know about monoclonal antibodies, that, and they should. They should be aware that they can get them here in the United States. We're very lucky compared to other countries. But the oral protocol with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, doxycycline, or azithromycin, vitamin D, is, is, is by itself very, very effective. Uh, and Brian would comment on that, I'm sure. And, and, and Dr. Tyson, just to be fair to you, too, you have been equally as helpful, and you guys work hand-in-hand hand together. You share information together. Um, and... Uh, combined both of you have treated thousands and thousands of patients of all the patients that you have all treated how many did you lose if you don't mind me asking and don't and how many people do you estimate you've treated by now so we're over 5,000 uh treated patients positive uh with early treatment we have lost nobody 
with late presentation, meaning those who presented late to our clinic over uh, seven to ten days, we have uh, three that we've lost uh, due to hospitalizations. Um, and the problem with that is they get taken off the treatment when they get admitted to the hospital. And, um, you know, we, we find that, that, that those patients don't do as well. Guys, I got to ask you this question because I, I live in this, this hellhole of a state called New York, okay? And the average person that I know that has contracted COVID that goes to the hospital or goes to their doctor or goes to their doc in the box and they get a positive thing, they're told the same thing. Yeah, if you get a fever, um, uh, take two uh, Tylenols, get your fever reduced. Um, and if you have at any point your oxygen levels drop to 90 or below, then you better go to an emergency room. Now, the problem, Dr. Tyson, I'll start with you. You just mentioned that. That's a little late at that point. Because whatever damage, usually my my understanding is, and what I have seen personally, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, was usually between, say, six or seven days to ten days is when the lungs then begin to get hit hard. And by the time your oxygen level drops below 90, you probably, a ton of damage has already been done. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And that's that's absolutely correct. And that's kind of what we've been fighting for this whole time which is early treatment wins, no matter what disease process you treat. If you uh, had a diagnosis of, say, cancer, you're not going to wait till stage four cancer to get treatment. You want to treat it early for better outcomes. You know, uh, any sort of infection, tuberculosis, pneumonia, uh, urinary tract infections, you name it across the board. The earlier you get treatment, the better outcomes are going to be. That's why this, this policy that the NIH put out saying there's, we don't recommend any outpatient treatment, including today, which, which Regeneron, you mentioned earlier, is outpatient treatment. They're not recommending any outpatient treatment at this time for COVID-19, which goes against every part of science that we've ever known. You know, um, this, this vaccine is, is one issue along a, a spectrum of preventative stuff, but nobody's talking about actual treatment. We still have, have yet to figure out why that our, our voices are being suppressed in the early treatment sectors where we're showing huge results, huge. Uh, and, and that's the part that I don't understand, Dr. Fareed, nor do I understand or can I comprehend the idea that Regeneron, which I think was the, I may be wrong, I, and I, I totally agree with your protocols, but once you added Regeneron to it, it added a whole nother layer of, of protection and, and help and assistance for people that did contract it, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Although uh, we, we were getting our extremely good successes uh, well before it was available, but it, I do am a big proponent of adding in anything that uh, neutralizes the virus, and that's what the the Regeneron, the monoclonals, humanized antibodies do very effectively. One thing that uh, bothers me is that our CDC director Walensky will say that uh, science is changing or something like that, but science doesn't change. Gravity is the same. Gravity doesn't change. We have known that the science is multiplication of this virus. That's what needs to be attacked, and we knew that from the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, Dr. Zelensky, uh, Zelenko uh, pr uh, proposed that and was absolutely right, and we've built upon his principles to create a protocol that we find is almost 100% effective if it's given early, but the science doesn't change. The science is early. 
rapid multiplication of the virus in this early time period, that's when it has to be attacked. Um, so that that's so important for people to think clearly and not be confused about some issue. But, of that but let nature. me ask you, Doc. I'll ask both of you the same question. If you even mention the word hydroxychloroquine. Going back a ways. And remember, there were two prestigious medical journals that published um, results that they have since rescinded about, oh, hydroxychloroquine not working. It could even be dangerous when Dr. Daniel Wallace said, no, I've been dispensing this drug for 45 years and the biggest rheumatoid arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and, and lupus practices in the country. But if you mentioned HCQ, now how many studies are out that show that, yeah, taken early, it is effective at mitigating some of the symptoms or ivermectin? And, you know, so many people that I know, I do, I do this every day. I'm in the news business. They don't know about these these treatments. And even doctors refuse to go near it, I think, because of politics. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And, and there's been hundreds of studies on both drugs uh, and medications. And what I, what I find interesting as well is they'll, they'll single out hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, but at the same time, it's okay to use dexamethasone off-label. It's okay to use zithromycin off-label. It's okay to use other uh, medications off-label. But if you use it if you use hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, then all of a sudden there's a problem. And, and I say, Sean, it always goes back to you're not going to get an EUA authorization for these new treatments and these vaccines if there's alternative treatment proven. And, and that's the problem. It's not that they don't want to dispense hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. They don't want to dispense hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin for this ICD code, for this diagnosis because that eliminates their ability to continue their emergency use authorization because they can say, well, there's still no alternatives uh, readily available. Quick break. More with doctors Brian Tyson and George Farida on the other side. 800-941-SEAN is our number. If you can't find us on one station, one station, don't worry, we've got 649 more. We'll give you information you're not going to get anywhere else. This is the Sean Hannity Show, now on 650 stations. Sean Hannity on 710-WOR. Jesse Kelly, tonight from 6 till 9 on 710-WOR. All right, we continue. They've been on the front lines of COVID from day one, treating real patients, not spending most of their time in front of TV cameras. Uh, Dr. George Fareed and Dr. Brian Tyson. What are your thoughts, Dr. Fareed, on now mandatory vaccinations? What do what are your thoughts about? I mean, do people now that are fully vaccinated, are they going to really have to start worrying again about contracting COVID-19 when, when they were told just the opposite, that life would go back to normal if they vaccinated? Yeah, well, that's absolutely correct. The, the vaccines are not sterilizing. They don't uh, stop the pathogen. They don't stop COVID-19, which is what they were hoped to do. 
And as a consequence, we see in the vaccinated populations variants breaking through, such as the Delta variant, and that this continuing heavy vaccination may have a tremendous det- detriment in terms of variants coming up that could never have, uh, may never have been there before. We, we feel that if you attack the early stage of the virus with the treatment, you then develop natural immunity and the patient recovers rapidly and doesn't spread it for an extended period of time. And that natural immunity quite clearly is durable. Two papers just came out in Nature and in Cell uh, magazine uh, journals that show really a, a diverse immunity that's so much more extensive than the vaccine-generated immunity to the alpha ones uh, that that is to the spike protein of the uh, variant that isn't no longer is no longer present, the alpha variant. So that uh, the vaccines generate an, a, a very focused immunity, narrow band immunity, and and variants have uh, evolved that uh, don't, uh, don't aren't neutralized by that immunity. And in in actuality, the patient, the individual that's uh, been immunized may be able to carry the virus into the uh, into the cell more effectively through what's called antibody dependent enhancement where the antibodies bind to the virus not neutralizing it but actually promoting its uptake into cells which is a, a, well i'll tell you what i'm going to do if you guys can arrange the time either tomorrow or whatever day this week you can i want to stay po- focused on your plan of proactive medicine not reactive medicine I want to stay focused on the therapeutic aspect of this because we've heard everything that we can hear, you know, each opinion sideways on the on the vaccine and what people you recommend, especially now if there's a risk that people vaccinated can now contract COVID. And and maybe people will call in and you guys can take calls from listeners. Would that work for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. I yeah. can't thank and you I both enough. You, You've Sean. been very, very kind to friends yeah. of mine. By the way, 10 days later, my friend in Georgia just tested negative uh, today, Dr. Fareed. Thank you. Oh, I can't good. thank you enough. Good news. You're very uh, welcome, Sean. Thank you. 800 941 is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, the battle over the budget and reconciliation, that's coming up next. Quick break. Right back. concern for our country, always honoring our servicemen and servicewomen, and standing up for liberty every day. Hi, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number you want to be a part of the program. So, rare Sunday session, Democrats, Republicans, that's one thing they unite on. They don't like to work hard. And, of course, the August recess is coming, so it's like the big race Nobody reads the bills. They shove it down our throat, and it's getting more frustrating by the day. You know. So anyway, the, the problem I first have is this so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill for $1.2 trillion. Now, the problem is that's not where Democrats are going to stop. Remember, they have one more shot at rec- reconciliation. 
And again, there's, it's a parliamentary maneuver that the Democrats will use. They have one shot at it. And what they will do is whatever they don't get in, quote, the bipartisan deal, they're going to shove into the reconciliation bill. And Chuck Schumer is not hiding the fact at all. He's out there saying, yeah, we, you know, we've had bumps in the road, but we're going to have two bills as large and as comprehensive as these. And once they get the $1.2 trillion so-called bipartisan bill, then they're going to have a separate $3.5 trillion spending package, which they're calling human infrastructure, which is an infrastructure because it's all new Green Deal nonsense. In other words, daycare is now infrastructure. Uh, free college is infrastructure. Everything being free is infrastructure rather than calling it what it is, the new Green Deal. And so this is the battle after, and, and this is what Schumer even said. He goes, after the bipartisan infrastructure legislation passes this chamber, I will immediately move to the other track, passing a budget resolution with reconciliation instructions. The Senate had been expected to start at summer break August 9th. But let's see where that ends up. Listen, one thing I can tell you is they all want to get beyond this. Even McConnell is saying the borrowing, the spending, the taxing, uh, is at a dizzying rate that we've never seen before. Then you've got AOC slamming the Democrats for not pushing the the infrastructure, not even making it higher, because this is all to appease the new modern, new Green Deal Socialist Party. I mean, so this weekend, a lot of people speaking out about it. Uh, we had squad members, uh, Congresswoman Omar and Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and this is what they said. We've been very clear, we've got five priorities. If those priorities aren't met, uh, there is not going to be a piece of legislation that passes. And we obviously, you know, don't want to say, we're not going to support, we're not negotiating. We've been very clear. Four months ago, we put out our priorities. We said, this is what we're willing to do. These are our wet lines. This is what we want to bring um, with us uh, as we negotiate. Now, I know the infrastructure uh, deal that they're talking about, and Manchin said they're going to introduce it today, they're going to bring out the language, is, is obviously a lot smaller than you wanted, a lot smaller than a lot of your fellow progressives wanted. It still does include things that you like, including funding for electric vehicle charging stations, public transit, clean water systems, broadband, more. When it comes before the House, as it looks like will happen, will you vote for it? Uh, it has to, we have to hold up to that, we have to hold on to that bargain. If there is not a reconciliation bill in the House, and if the Senate does not pass the reconciliation bill, we will uphold our end of the bargain and not pass the bipartisan bill until we get all of these investments in. We have a tight margin in the Senate. I respect that we have to get Senator, you know, Cinema and Manchin's vote on reconciliation. They should also respect that there's a very tight House margin and that we have to be able to uphold our end of the bargain as well. And House progressives are also part of that of that majority. And how many so, how many House progressives do you think are with you on this? I believe a very large amount of the Progressive Caucus. The total amount is about 90. I, you know, I, I am not the the whip of the Progressive Caucus, <laughs> but what I can tell you is that it's certainly more than three. Um, and it is in the double digits, absolutely. Enough to prevent it from passing. More than enough. All right, so that's now the battle lines that are drawn. Now, do I, what, I, what really bothers me more than anything is that Republicans are getting suckered into the $1.2 trillion. Then, they can, then they're going to go out there and say, no, no, this is a, a bipartisan infrastructure bill. And then everything they didn't get in the negotiations, they're going to shove down our throat vis-a-vis reconciliation. Assuming that Mansion, Cinema, and others go for it.
Anyway, Dr. Roger Marshall, he's a senator from the great state of Kansas. He's here to discuss the bill. By the way, this bill is a whopping 2,700 pages. Um, I don't even know if he's read the bill, but I'll ask you, Dr. Rogers, I would assume in the little time that you've had it in your possession, you probably have not gotten through all 2,700 pages. And my guess is probably you've allocated, you know, 200, 300 pages per staff member and they'll give you a summary. Sean, that's right. Yeah, we, we got it late last night and the staff is busily going through it. Um, no, I've not read the whole bill yet, but I, I will have looked at every page before I vote at it, and my staff will have read every page. But I, I just had to sit here and chuckle, too, as you play some of those comments. From my, from my Democrat friends in the House, you can sure tell the Congress members who have never ran a business, have never signed a paycheck, have never sat on a school board or, or a, a church board, that they think they can negotiate through the press and uh, tell us what to do over here. I think we've got them on the run. I think we're jamming them, and I'm glad that they're just scrambled over there right now. All right. Do you really see any chance that $1.2 trillion gets passed? Because that's not reconciliation, and nor is this really a, a, a – and, and it's such, such a sucker's bet for some Republicans. I know that, that they want to be bipartisan, but the problem is you're not dealing with honest brokers on the other side. And and the negotiation, oh, okay, we'll give you this, we'll agree to that, but then it's going to be put on the back end, which they'll use the reconciliation process and bypass any Republican support. So it's to me, it's, you know, it's it's all smoke and mirrors, and it's a Washington game, and it's why we call it the swamp and the sewer. Well, well Sean, there's certainly two four-dimensional chess games going on at the same time, or one on the House and one on the Senate side as well. They're going to do a reconciliation bill no matter what, and my guess is, my political calculus says, if this bipartisan bill fails, the final ticket price for America will be even more. So I, I think that we are taking this, looking at this infrastructure, this bipartisan infrastructure bill, and see if we can make it better. Uh, there's some good things about it, but there's certainly some things we can't go along with yet. But I, I think that if we do nothing, it'll empower uh, the socialists to get even more done in cinema and mansion lose all their power. So you might consider that for a second. All right. So let's talk about that. If you have, do you ever have time to speak to people like Senator Manchin or Senator Cinema? You know, a- absolutely do. We've got great relationships, uh, great respect for both of them. Joe Manchin, a very godly man, always been a person of his word, uh, tr- a truly one, the, a leader up here in, in many, many ways. I've seen uh, Senator Cinema uh, sit there and talk to five senators simultaneously, talk to me about health care uh, in a really deep dive and repeat it back to me word for word. She's actually impressed me. Uh, she wants to be a maverick, and I think she's making a name for herself here. All right, so I'm looking at what they want. Now, I know words are supposed to mean something, Senator, but to me they're not really meaning anything uh, that I recognize, and then I begin to have a problem with it. You know, for example, instead of saying raising taxes, we're going to we're going to have investments in this and that. Everything's an investment infrastructure now used to be defined, at least from my recollection, doing this 33 years. Senator it might sound like a long time, but that's how long I've been doing it. Uh, but it but it used to be that they would talk about roads, bridges and tunnels, and that would be considered infrastructure. Now, child care is infrastructure. Now, government health care is infrastructure. Student loan forgiveness is infrastructure. Guaranteed basic wages infrastructure. Guaranteed government healthy food is infrastructure. I don't know, but where I grew up, none of those things are infrastructure. 
No, no, you're right. So human infrastructure is just another word for socialism. So whenever they talk about human infrastructure, immediately think in your, in your head of uh, more handouts from the government, making people more dependent. So you, you go back to President Obama. He hired the best wordsmiths in the world, and they come up with incredible terms. So I think that's just one example of, of what they're able to do here is, is coin different phrases like, like that. And, and the pay fors is what you're getting at. So whenever a Democrat says we need to pay for something, grab your wallet right? Because yeah. they want to tax you. So this is the tax and spending spree that they're, you're saying three and a half, I think it would be a five and a half, seven trillion dollar bill when it's all said and done. So let me ask about, well, when all said and done, in other words, if they don't get the bipartisan bill, they'll shove it all in the, in the reconciliation bill, correct? And then some more. I think it'll be a much bigger bill uh, wow. if, if this bipartisan action doesn't happen, because it's going to take the legs out from under cinema and mansion and then the progressives are going to be able to say look look we said you couldn't do this so this is this is quite a game of uh, so do you, do you really right believe cinema look i i can't even tell i'm not going to be able to tell you what romney's going to do i'm not going to be able to tell you what murkowski's going to do i'm not going to be able to tell you what ben sass is going to do but you know is mansion the people of west virginia i don't think support this bill they certainly don't support this five or six trillion dollars. And I, I tell you what, profiles of courage. I'm sure you've read, saw some of the things that Senator Manchin said over the weekend. He wasn't going to let him carve out uh, parts of the filibuster. Uh, he said that that number is too high that they're talking about. So he's pushing back on him, and we got to give some, give them some gunpowder to push back with. Yeah, it's unbelievable. All right. And now, is there any shot in hell? I mean, look, they've got parliamentary issues, too. The Senate parliamentarian has been pretty outspoken about things that they that would not be allowed to be defined as infrastructure. But my question is, do you think Schumer's successful in this effort before the recess? He's he's basically acting as if both the bipartisan deal and the reconciliation deal are done deals. And that they're no, going to no, get passed. Do you believe that's the case? No, not at all. Not at all. I think that we will have a vote this week on the bipartisan infrastructure bill. And that's going to probably be followed up with the budget reconciliation package, which would authorize them to start talking about spending $7 trillion. Could you imagine getting 50 Democrat senators in a room and say, how do you want to spend $7 trillion? It's going to take them a month or two to get that fight over with. And that's why we got to empower mansion and cinema to keep standing tall oh i don't disagree with you at all quick break we'll come back more with dr roger marshall also the senator from kansas on the other side we'll get to your calls uh coming up in our final hour free-for-all and the media mob uh we'll check in with a report with mark simone is next you do not want to miss it and stay tuned for the final hour free for all on the sean hannity show on 710 wor all right dr roger marshall also the great senator from the state of kansas is with us uh by the way you're a medical doctor um as well if i might ask you one question about these ever shifting and changing goalposts as it relates to COVID, I, I had a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, fully vaccinated. And on Saturday, he tested positive for COVID. Now, uh, I, I've had, he has great doctors. I know he's already gotten Regeneron and all the other therapeutics that I've discussed at length on this program with others. We just had on two doctors that are 
I've been on the front lines the entire time. Um, but with that said, um, I know the numbers and percentages are low based on the number of people vaccinated, about, a, what, 163 or so million Americans. But uh, my question is, they're saying 125, 150,000. I'm not sure I really trust their numbers. And I think with the intensity of mandating vaccines, the intensity and the push now, even if you're vaccinated to go back to wearing a mask, I, I worry, I'm concerned that they see more than they're telling us. Am I potentially wrong on that? No, no, Sean. Actually, it sounds like you've been reading some of the studies from the European Union, from Great Britain, and our friends from Israel, and that a lot of the people with this... Well, Delta by the variant, way, you're absolutely correct. That's exactly what I've seen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that these uh, vaccines run out of juice. And that's why I am pressuring the FDA to give us full approval uh, for the vaccines we have to allow doctors and patients to decide if you need that booster shot or, or, or not. So I think that this, this virus disproportionately impacts our senior citizens and those people with underlying illnesses. And we're seeing their antibodies start to fall over six to eight months. And some of the people like your friend may need a booster shot, but they could do an antibody level on him. And then decide, should you have a booster shot or not? So we should be focusing on those that the virus is impacting. We need did to be you, you, on Real quickly, did you agree with the Cleveland Clinic that said, well, if you have T-cell antibodies, in other words, natural antibody levels will decrease, but you still your your cells maintain what are called T-cell antibodies. In other words, your, your body naturally would recognize uh, if you had COVID, any future contact with the virus and immediately begin that to activate and defend the body against the virus. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And that's why, again, I'm begging the FDA to pass um, to to look at some other T-cell tests so it could be more readily available. I would love to know how many of the first graders in my hometown are immune. Wouldn't you like to know that as you go forward and make a plan for, let's say, the virus breaks back out or not? So I think that your T-cell immunity, it can be there. We've seen that 90 Almost 100 years after the, the Spanish flu of 1917, people still had T-cells, and the T-cells would wake up the rest of your body if exposed to the virus. So you're absolutely right. That's interesting to hear medical opinions short of Dr. Fauci, who's been all over the place. Thank you, Senator. We appreciate it. Keep fighting the good fight, okay? 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. I don't even know what to say anymore about Biden. I mean, he was doing the Zoom call at the time Kamala Harris was speaking. Shocking. Anyway, and anyway, at the White House, um, somebody had to step into the room, hand Joe a piece of paper. Sir, there's something on your chin. The note as seen in photos taken by an AP photographer said, President Biden has something small and yellow on his chin. Now, you might think, okay, that's not that bad, Hannity. Well, it kind of is. Um, and then it got worse from there because that then became after he got the note, then he, you know, takes it off his chin and apparently stuck it in his mouth. Only Mark Simone will have the proper analysis of this. Uh, my friend and colleague at our New York affiliate, WOR. How are you, sir? Well, I was trying to have lunch. <laughs> you can't make this Adam Schiff up. You just can't. Oh, my God. This is the question for everybody listening. And be honest. 
Would you let Joe Biden drive you in a car? <laughs> that, I mean, okay, I really can't laugh anymore. Don't make me laugh. Because or if you got on a plane and, you know, the pilot walks on, oh you my see God. what kind of pilot. If he looked like that, would you run off the plane? <laughs> That's the question. Okay, do you want a, is, 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 do you want a real answer? Because you know the answer. This is now officially scary, especially considering, you know, the evil actors of China and Russia and, and, and beyond. And I'll tell you one other thing that's on my mind. I'd love to get your take on this. Did you hear Hunter Biden's hero experience, Hunter, in the interview? Now, this guy with no experience, you know, first of all, his book, he got paid a fortune and is it sold 10,000 copies. By comparison, Levin sold, you know, in less than two weeks, over a half a million copies. I mean, that's how bad that deal was. Now he's doing what, to me, looks like finger painting. If I can do it, it's finger painting, and it's not art. I promise you, I have no artistic skill whatsoever. Now he's interviewed about it because it's going to run, these paintings are going to run between 75000 and 500 grand. They're going to do it anonymously, okay, as if I believe that lie. I don't. And here's what he said when people criticized him. You seem to have good spirits about, you know, this sort of kind of crazed narrative around your, your painting. You know, I mean, how do you, yeah. you know, what's your response to the people who are, you know, coming after like the prices of the work or just, you know, the, the, the collectors? I mean, what, what's been your response to that? Other than them? <laughs> that's a pretty good response. I think that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man, is this is that I, I never said my prices, my art was going to cost what it was going to cost or how much it would be priced at. I'd be amazed, um, you know, if my art had sold, uh, you know, for um, for for ten dollars um, uh, just because the first time that you ever go about it is the idea that someone is attracted to your art, let alone that they would pay something for it. I uh, you guys know this. Thousand times better than I will ever know it, um, you know. But I do know enough that that the um, an artist, the, the value of an artist's work is um, is not necessarily determined by the price, but the price is completely subjective. Okay, Mark Simone, have you seen the pictures? Have you seen the paintings? <laughs> have you seen the so-called art? Uh, well, I can explain this to you. You remember in 19, the 1950s, there was a payola scandal. You would bribe the disc jockeys to play your record. It was ruled illegal, and they all switched to art galleries. Suddenly, their wife had an art gallery. So <laughs> no way. You're making oh, this yeah. up. You have to be. No, absolutely true. And they were mostly around Columbus Circle in New York. So instead of giving them 10000 you'd buy a junk painting for 10000 Now, Hunter's a big rock and roll fan. I'm sure he read that in those uh, books about that era. And that's where he got the idea for this scam. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. This guy got a fortune from a Ukrainian oil boy. He doesn't know anything about oil. Can't speak Ukrainian. He can't paint. He's getting $500,000 of painting. The guy's a, a genius at getting jobs that he's absolutely not qualified to do. If he walked into an operating room, they'd say, here, you want to try this? It, it's just ridiculous. How is it, and I, I really want your an analysis on this, How, if if any of the Trump kids, and you've known them for many years, I've known them for many years, if if you're in media in New York, you, you know the Trumps, you just, just, just the way it is. Um, imagine any of the Trump kids lying on a gun application. Imagine any of the Trump kids dumping a gun in a dumpster. Imagine any of the Trump kids, if... They had no qualifications by their own admission, no experience, oil, gas, energy, or Ukraine, and got millions of dollars. And Joe then leveraged a billion to fire the prosecutor investigating his son. Okay. Imagine if any of the Trump kids got three and a half million from a Russian oligarch. 
Imagine if any of the Trump kids got money for a sports car from a Kazakhstan oligarch. Imagine if any of the Trump kids uh, got a, a one and a half billion dollar deal with the Bank of China after flying with their father in the capacity, in this case, of vice president to China um, and a hundred thousand dollar Chinese shopping spree. Uh, what do you think the media reaction would be like? Pretty, pretty obvious answer. And why why are they that corrupt? And do they not see it or they see it and don't care? It's Trump derangement syndrome. And it's still going. You know, I was watching the Sunday shows. All they did was talk about Trump. What an insult to Biden. You're not relevant enough for a Sunday show segment. But uh, whenever you bring up Hunter, they'll always try to go after the Trump kids. And all they can ever come up with is, well, Ivanka and her patents, you know, got her patents approved in China. Those were existing patents. She had those for 10 years. They were her patents. Maybe they jumped into the head of the line. But but so what? There's, you're right. There's no comparison. You know the Trump kids. They're the best raised, most honorable kids in the world. And, and you compare that to Hunter Biden. You know, uh, they're investigating Trump's tax returns for the fourth time now. Here's a guy who had $4 billion when he took office, $2 billion when he left. You take Obama, who had 500000 when he entered office. He's now a billionaire and has never held a job. Well, look at, let's look at those tax returns and see how that happened. Our friend, uh, who really needs his own show on Fox News, he's the only honest media columnist out there in the in the country. Uh, he's a Fox News contributor. Also, he writes about the media for the Hill. Uh, Joe Concha is back with us. Uh, you know, I'm 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 lobbing softballs here, but I'm really looking for deeper analysis as to how it's such a flagrant double standard. You know how and why. Well, first, let me answer your question from before, Sean, which was, would you let Joe Biden drive you in a car? Uh, I wouldn't, but I would let him drive his 18-wheeler with me in it. I think that would be kind of a fun experience. <laughs> Isn't it a 21-wheeler or something? 22-wheeler? Right, 21-wheeler. Yeah, yeah. he actually, I mean, this is impressive when you think about it. He actually drove that 18-wheeler all the way to South Africa so he could meet with Nelson Mandela before he got arrested for doing so. So, you know, you've got to admire Yes. You could pull that off. Anyway, uh, yeah, look, I, I think with Joe Biden, ultimately, he his poll numbers, uh, I'm seeing them, and they should be very disturbing for the White House because 70% of voters say they're concerned about inflation, for example. Skyrocketing crime, particularly violent crime in cities, that is directly being blamed on Biden and Democrats because they didn't speak out at all last year when we had mostly peaceful riots in American cities, and then we hear about defunding the police, and Biden didn't do anything to combat that when he was a candidate. Now, obviously, with all this happening on his watch in terms of crime, uh, he's going to get blamed for that. So when you have a country where it's more expensive to live and it's less safe to live in, that's a problem. With with Barack Obama, at least his personality and, and likability to those in the middle, right, that the people that matter in elections, that saved him from having an otherwise below-average presidency in terms of actually getting things done. Biden doesn't have that, to your point. And then when he is actually put out there to speak in any extemporaneous way, it goes horribly for him because, to your point, he is not the same person he even was four years ago. So what's going to save him? It's not performance, and it's certainly not his personality. And that's going to be a big problem for Joe Biden, no matter how much favorable coverage or non-coverage, to Mark's point before, because I don't talk about him on the Sunday shows, he gets. I mean, the results are the results, Sean. I, but by the way, I think Mark Simone's the only one that still watches those pathetic Sunday shows. They're just <laughs> God. I, I gave up watching them years ago and i'm and now i get a printout of what might have been said and i barely even read that because it's just a waste of uh time um i love 
I love Brian Stelter. It is the worst show I have ever seen. He's the worst host. <laughs> You're watching Trainwreck, right? It's a Trainwreck. Poor Humpty Dumpty. What did you think, both of you, about the Biden team reaching out to the news outlets? Now, I'm being fair here. I'm just giving the numbers, what the data shows. We're now seeing cases, and it, and it hit home for me very personally this weekend. I mentioned it earlier in the show a couple of times, that I have a friend of mine that was fully vaccinated that tested positive on Saturday. And I have two friends of mine, and Dr. George Fareed was one of them, Harvard Medical School, and he believes in proactive medicine, not reactive medicine. And within 24 hours, he had the Regeneron infusion, not easy to find in New York, which scares me because I think it's the most underutilized therapeutic out there, in my humble opinion as a layman. But when the Biden team is reaching out because there are these breakthrough cases, Mark, granted, 161 million vaccinated. They say 125,000. I don't believe that number at all. I think it's probably higher. Time will tell. Um, but now that's really beginning to concern me. And, and I know they didn't like the coverage in Provincetown where 74% of fully vaccinated people, you know, represented the nearly 500 cases. They were all breakthrough cases, 74% of them. That, that's a lot in one area. Why? Why did that happen there? Well, you generally, uh, Provincetown especially, these are very, very, very crowded areas, very dense. Uh, good, good news, breakthrough cases, you're not going to get a severe case. The odds of that are below 1%. You're going to get a mild case. Most important thing is get everybody vaccinated. The problem is uh, no, the media covers up who's, you know, where you have the biggest problems. Uh, people under 30, very low vaccination rate. African-Americans, other minorities, lower vaccination rate. Uh, illegal aliens, the lowest, 13%. So you've got to get these people vaccinated. Unfortunately, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, whoever, doesn't have any uh, luck at it. They're just not able to. Well, wait a minute. Aren't they people. really creating more vaccine hesitancy themselves? I mean, you know, just look at all the news that came out this weekend. Oh, yeah, we told you that if you got vaccinated, you're okay. But now we're going to mandate masks and, and other things are going to happen. I'm like, well, that's the opposite of what you told us. Yeah, yeah. They, keep, they keep getting it backwards. And also they keep they don't seem to know what to do. They just keep wear a mask, wear a mask. You know, if you went to a doctor and said, my foot hurts, wear a mask. You know, that, that, that's all they got in their arsenal. And it's not good enough. Yeah, Think Joe, Mark, and Sean, where, where Dr. Fauci has been on this. First, he said that you don't need masks. This is last year. Then he said, okay, no, you need one mask. And he said, you know what? Two masks really makes a lot of common sense. Then he says, after you're vaccinated, that you still shouldn't go to restaurants and you still should wear a mask until May, where he said, okay, it's okay to not wear a mask. And now here in late July, now early August, he says, no, maybe you should put a mask back on. And when people see this sort of ping pong, their, their hair hurts after a while. And I look at this one poll. It comes from WebMD and Medscape, and it says that, 77% of Americans say their trust in the CDC has decreased since the start of the pandemic. So the more they talk, whether it's Fauci, whether it's Rochelle Walensky, who went on Brett Baer's show on Friday and said, oh, yeah, we're looking into federal vaccination mandates. And then an hour later ran to Twitter saying, no, I actually didn't mean it. Uh, they, they don't have a central messenger. They don't have an effective messenger. And they're just not trusted, amazingly, by average Americans anymore because of all the hypocrisy and all of the contradictions going back and forth. Quick break more with Mark Simone and Joe Concha on the other side, and we'll get to your calls. Listen, all, all of us, every single day, we're putting our personal information at risk on the Internet. In a second, your good name, your reputation, your finances, your credit score can be destroyed by these cyber criminals. Now, remember, when you're 
on the road this summer, keeping your devices up to date with the latest security patches and changing passwords, avoiding public Wi-Fi, that can help protect your identity. Now, LifeLock.com, very inexpensive, low-rate, LifeLock by Norton. They detect the threats you'll miss on your own. They'll scour the dark web for you to see if your personal information is compromised and maybe for sale. If your identity is stolen, you get a dedicated restoration uh, specialist that will fix it for you. Right, and on, in addition to their low annual rate today, you save an additional 25%. But if you want to protect your good name, your reputation, your finances, and your credit score, either call LifeLock at 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to the web, lifelock.com, save an extra 25%, use the promo code Hannity. 1-800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com, promo code Hannity. Quick break, we'll continue. For fake news, you won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity on the air now. now. On 710 WOR. Len Berman and Michael Riedel in the morning. 6 till 10, tomorrow on 710 WOR. As we continue, Mark Simone and Joe Contra with us today. Now, it's very interesting. So I mentioned this friend of mine who is fully vaccinated, and he goes to the dock in the box place, and he gets the test, and he gets a positive test. He had symptoms. That's why he went. And, you know, he's in a state of shock. He can't believe it. And what I guess, as and what I'm concerned about is if these breakthrough cases now come through, I mean, I think there's going to be real, real anger among the rightly so among the american people because they were told with a 100 percent assurance that their life goes back to normal now we we gave out the proper efficacy results in in phase three clinical trials but remember it was always it was never fully approved by the fda we got an emergency use authorization mark yeah, but you got to remember, they always said the vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, 95% mm-hmm. against getting a case, which means 5% could, and that's 8 million people out of 165 million. 8 million people could still get it. Uh, so you, you're going to have that, but it's, it's, these are mild cases. You see the case rate go up, but you don't see the death rate go up at all among the vaccinated people. That's the most important thing. Okay, but now we're dealing with the Delta variant, uh, Joe Concha. Behind, right behind it, out of Peru, is the Lambda variant. And God only knows how many other variants will show up. But it's, it, to me, it's frustrating because it's like just when you think it's over and life's going to get back to normal, now everyone's in a state of panic and... And now the government, the CDC, with their conflicting messages, it's, it's uh, people I know, they're getting angry about it now. As they should. Uh, and look, remember the South African variant? What happened to that? What happened to the Indian variant? Good point. We, we see in England, right, where suddenly cases are down something like 92%. The Delta vir- variant has just kind of disappeared. So then I look at death toll because I think that's the most important number. I think we focus on cases too much, Sean, uh, particularly with the elderly, by and large, now protected, the vulnerable protected. Uh, July 2nd in this country, United States, we had 449 new deaths from COVID, right, COVID-related overall, right? Uh, yesterday, August 1st, we had 43 new deaths all right so it's not like more people are dying and we're back in that place like in april of 2020 where it's just a horrible situation there are more cases there are more variants but people aren't running aren't being put in the hospitals except for a couple of hot spots down south and not more people are dying it's actually less so what are we talking about here 
All right. Great analysis, uh, both of you. Mark Simone, thank you. Uh, and uh, Joe Concha, we always like love having you on. Thank you both. 800-941-SHAWN is on number. Quick break right back. Your calls on the other side. Straight ahead. It's taken me 47 years to perfect doing nothing. I had to become president to show you I could do that better than anybody. Joe Biden, the most dangerous man in America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. 25 to the top of the hour. Do you notice that we know Joe Biden? Come on, come on, man. You, you, did you use cocaine? You, you, you a junkie? Come on, man. Then Hunter said it. Listen to Joe and listen to Hunter. I mean, what is this, running the family? Come on, man. Come on, man. You seem to have good spirits about, you know, this sort of kind of crazed narrative around your, your painting. You know, I mean, how do you, yeah. you know, what's your response to the people who are, you know, coming after like the prices of the work or just, you know, the the, the collectors? I mean, what, what's been your response to that? Other than them? <laughs> that's a pretty good response. I think that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Look, man, is this is it? Yeah, man. I, I never said my prices, my art was going to cost what it was going to cost or how much it would be priced at. I'd be amazed. What is it? Lord, uh, Linda, you get this? I don't get this. Listen, man, <laughs> doing the best I can here. It's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. So, come on, man. You a junkie. I mean. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you that alone it's the most bizarre. This guy. Oh. Honestly, though, I mean, we all, I don't know if you got this when you were a kid, if you sounded like your dad, but like people will tell me all the time I talk like my mom, my voice is like my mom, you know, my mom, all her sisters, they sound like, like, I really, when he talks, he sounds like his dad. He really does. They, they yeah, sound I mean, a lot alike. Look at how we now know that Hunter was paying the bills. We know that Joe lied when he said he never met his, he talked to his son about his foreign business dealings because he was having dinner with him. What are we playing? Uh, you know, word games again, parsing words. Uh, you know, it's know interesting that- when people lie, when they lie, they're good at it. They're really good at it. And they perfect you know, my, it. That's not true, though, because my kids used to lie to, you know, when they were young. And Yeah, but they didn't I, they do always- it as a profession. These two do it as a profession. It's yeah, a lifestyle. I mean, that's why I took such a big stink. My kids would rarely get in trouble for whatever dumb thing they might have done. You know, stupid stuff. But then if they said, no, dad, I swear I didn't do it. I did not eat the cookie. And they got cookie all over their face. I'm making it up. I'd say, okay. Now, we got to talk about telling the truth. If you did it, just own it. Say you're sorry. Apologize. I shouldn't have done it. I did it. And and I used to say to my kids, you're insulting my intelligence. Stop when you know that they're lying. Now, Joe Biden has gotten away with it because he's in the presidential protection program. They get away with it. I mean, with Liam, does Liam get more in trouble for whatever thing he did or if he tries to lie to mommy? Oh, yeah, it's always it's always the latter. Oh, the latter. And then, by the way, they learn quick because, you know, as I told my kids, I said, you guys try lying and you're not any good at it. They're just not good at it, kids. And it's like you're sitting there like, oh, good grief. You know, I did not have the donut. They got, you know, they got all that 
that powdered sugar all over their face. I did not eat the powdered sugar donut, Dad, I swear. Like, okay, come on, let's go to the mirror and take a look. Stop insulting my intelligence. But they're funny. I mean, they're they're definitely dedicated to it. I mean, Liam does something really funny, which is, I, I think it's funny. I'm sure a lot of parents could commiserate. He does this thing where he says, Mom, Mom, I did something, and you're not going to like it. And I say, okay. <laughs> that is clever. By Classic. Way, Mike, and I'm like, My okay. daughter actually did something the other day very similar to it. It was nothing bad. And... And she just came right out and said, I, I know I should have told you. I said, okay, thanks for telling me. That was it. See, but that's half the battle. That's when you're dealing, like, that's when they're becoming grownups. Well, she's an adult you know, And they now. start I to mean, own it. Yeah, she's she's there. Um, and you look, and and all kids are going to make mistakes. You know, my the best that's part I job. had is I just didn't listen to my parents at all, nor did they know where I was because I was working most nights till three in the morning, and they they knew I was working because they saw all the money. But it was in my a pocket. different time. That was a different completely time. different so time. So different. And then I became you know? a helicopter parent, right? You have to. I mean, now, I mean, I was just saying this the other day. You know, you're in the park with your kids. People are trying to walk up and take kids right out of the park, and because everybody's got their head in the dang phone, they're not paying attention to their kids. Pay it's, attention it's to so your children. Scary. Very then, then you, th- you want to go through the list. One thing that I've learned in life, I can handle anything. I really can. I don't. Uh, pressure is not a problem for me in my life. Stress, not that big a problem. The only thing that I've come to conclude, you know, now that my kids are older, is that you will never, ever, 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 ever until the day, hopefully, I end up in Jesus's arms in his kingdom. I will never, ever stop worrying about my kids. Just it's like, oh, if I could just get rid of those two things, I don't care about anything else in life. Nothing else really matters. It just doesn't. Um, Anyway, Lori is in Oregon. Hey, Lori, how are you? Glad you called. Good, John. Thanks for uh, taking my phone call. Um, I was a pediatric nurse for 12 to 13 years. And, um, you know, uh, some of our children um, have not been vaccinated against many of the things that could be coming across our border. And it occurred to me, why would the administration be so fervent on vaccinating children and making them wear masks when the data just isn't there to support it? And I think that the plan is to bring these kids into our school systems, intermingle them, they can't get them up to date on their vaccinations fast enough because some of the series takes two years. And um, I think that the reason that they want our children to be vaccinated is to protect them against these other things that are coming in that we may or may not even know about at this point. And they're intermingling with our kids. Some of the, our parents have opted not to vaccinate some of their kids for various reasons. And they're relying on the herd theory. In other words, they figure herd immunity, you mean. Yeah. herd immunity, they figure, well, my child's at risk here. I'm not going to vaccinate him against the measles or the mumps or rubella. You know, I'm going to opt out of those. But we don't know what's coming in through the border and how they're going to integrate these children. Another thing, Sean, I have. By the never... way, there's a very high rate of positive uh, COVID positivity, and how exactly. hypocritical that you know well, here we are, 
you know, now we're told you get the vaccine, you're fine. You don't have to mask up. Now you get vaccinated. Now put your mask back on. And, and now you got to worry about breakthrough um, COVID positive cases. Um, these variants are not helping. And us letting people in that are not tested is not helpful at all. And quite contradictory, they're going to put all the burdens on the American people, but zero testing at the border. It is it is beyond frustrating. The other thing, Sean, to take note of, and this is extremely important, is that you'd never give a child a vaccine without an ID card, without some kind of identification. You would never do that because these series of vaccinations are FDA approved. And so when a child has a reaction to one of them, of course, you have to fill out the VAERS information, but you can't do that if you don't have accurate tracing of of that child. So all of these parents are going to have to have ID cards and the children are going to have to have ID cards. And there's no one in the U.S. that does not have a vaccination record. So this issue about ID cards is just profoundly inaccurate. Well, I got to tell you, first, thank you for being a great nurse. I think it's a, such a noble profession. It's a hard job. And especially all the nurses that worked in the front lines during this pandemic are all heroes to me. And yeah, um, I, I will tell you, there's a lot of issues that are coming into play here. And a lot of it is is now going to be measured based on, you know, they weren't going to force everybody to mandate vaccinations. Now they are. Then it's the shifting guidelines is driving everybody crazy. Then the, you know, then we're told to get the vaccine and you're, you're, you're good. You're good to go. Now you're not good to go. Um, it's frustrating. And I, I share your frustration in every way. Appreciate the call. Mike, Massachusetts. Uh, you've been following what went on in Provincetown. What is the general consensus in the media up there on that? Um, hi, Sean. Uh, well, you know, this seems to be a big push to probably mask up and uh, a big push for vaccines. And I well, in Provincetown, though, fully 74 percent of nearly 500 people recently diagnosed with COVID had been fully vaccinated. Now, Correct. it's an anomaly, but it's a scary one. It, I had it back in December and I have no interest to get it because there's been so much mixed information coming from the CDC, and like you said, there's there's people vaccinated getting it. And what's the push to get it if uh, we don't have a good solution yet? Um, everybody's losing trust in the, in the uh, CDC and the government, and I, and I think it's going to get worse for them. Um, you know, can I just you know, put something on top of what you just said there? Because I don't know if you know if it, how profound what you said is. I keep telling this audience, because I love my audience, you give me this microphone every day, do not ever think that the government is going to fulfill their phony promises to you. I don't, I just don't. I don't put my trust. That means with your health care, your savings, your retirement, you, you've got to understand that the, the, to the extent that you are able to accumulate more money so that you can bypass whatever system they're offering that may not wait that absolutely will be inferior the better you're going to be and and money is freedom in that sense and i just say don't don't expect these promises to always be fulfilled because they're not gonna i agree 100 percent. 
the same people telling the panic, selling the panic, or selling the cure. Yeah, well, it's scary, scary times, Mike. God bless you, man. Shane in Colorado, what's up, Shane? Back when uh, um, the CDC and Dr. Fauci told everyone that there's no uh, need for face masks, Fauci said that face masks might catch a viral particle, but they're one not. Dro- he called it one droplet in March of 2020 on 60 Minutes. Yeah. Yep. And so when they did come out with the uh, recommendation uh, for wearing face masks, I went ahead and did a little bit of research. And I went to a, a couple of websites of companies who do porosity tests on textiles um, to see what the, what the air gap between fibers were in some of these masks that everybody um, started wearing back then. And I was shocked to find that these are dust masks that we're wearing. They're not biological masks. They're not biomasks. Um, the, the type of masks that we're wearing on these porosity websites, again, they study this stuff and publish it. That's what they do for a living. Uh, the air gap between the fibers was eight microns on average for the types of masks that we're wearing nowadays and, and were back then. Are you talking and even so about the to, N95 mask that everyone said was the ideal one to wear? Nope, not even the N95. The N95 is, is a different story, which those weren't available then, and they're not as available now. And those are not antiviral masks. Those are antibacterial masks. Um, but, again, it's a different... Listen, I'll be honest. Well. I don't know enough about the, the specific of the mask and, and the virus and the penetration, you're basically saying that Fauci was right in March of 2020 and that they wouldn't really provide any, any good. Um, I don't like if, as long as children up to this point, the one thing that has remained constant, if you're older of preexisting conditions, comorbidities, weakened immune systems or immuno issues that you are more vulnerable and being overweight, you're more vulnerable. The good news was, has always been young people have not been as susceptible uh, to any of the horrible effects that coronavirus, you know, that can ravage older people. Now, the numbers seem to be getting younger in terms of people contracting the virus at younger ages with maybe more, a little more severe symptoms, but it, it mostly is held true, which then raises the question, well, why are you going to mask these kids up in school when for a full year in Florida, they had no masks in school, and DeSantis said, no, I'm not doing it. And so did Greg Abbott. Nope, we're not doing it either. We, you know, all these governors have said, we've just had it with your, you know, constant, never-ending, shifting guidelines. They have created incredible confusion. They have been wrong again and again. And everybody at this point has a right to be frustrated because they've been so wrong so often. And Fauci, the, the leading, you know, purveyor of fake information out there, as far as I'm concerned, and and frankly, he knew more in January of 2020 than he let on. That we know from his own emails. And then February and March of 2020. The left wants to silence Hannity. Don't let it happen. Make the commitment now. Three hours every day at 3 p.m. This, this is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, what are these breakthrough cases? Uh, Biden thinks he can control the media and says they're 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 hyping facts for profit. Really? Let's see how compliant the mob is. Anyway, 
Kaylee McEnany, Newt Gingrich, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Dr. Fareed, who was on the program earlier today. Mike McCall on the origins of Wuhan. He said the worst scandal in history. Mike Pompeo, Governor Greg Abbott, 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox. See you then. Thanks for being with us back here tomorrow.